Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hey, welcome back to Alabama AgCast. I'm Hunter McBrayer, Director of the Bee and Honey Division of the Alabama Farmers Federation. I'm really excited to have our guest in today. I talk to Dr. Jeff Williams regularly about bee and honey and, and the things that we need to do here in Alabama to grow our industry. Uh, Dr. Williams is an assistant professor over at the Department of Entomology and Plant Pathology, but most of our folks know him as Director of the Auburn Bee Lab. So, Dr. Williams, thanks for taking a little bit of time to, to join in with us today. Hey, Hunter. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad to uh, be here with you. Uh, I see what you did there. You're off to a strong start with me. So, uh, well, a lot of our <laughs> folks, uh, our bee and honey folks, obviously, are very familiar with what you do and, and with you, but you've got a pretty interesting background. So tell us a little bit about yourself for those that, that have not ever met you. Well, thanks for asking, Hunter. And uh, well, I guess we'll see if you'll be able to voice over my uh, Canadian accent. But those in the audience, hopefully, they can they can understand that uh, Canadian accent. And yeah, I'm from Alberta, Canada. I did my undergraduate there uh, in the biology department at the University of Alberta, and I flipped over to Nova Scotia, which is in the eastern part of the country. And for those of the audience that don't know much about Canada and beekeeping, most of the, the honeybee colonies are actually in that western part of, of Canada and Alberta. But I never got my first sting until I moved out east to Nova Scotia when I did my grad studies. So I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but the first sting and the last sting hurt just as much. <laughs> That's, that's fair. I think uh, 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 some of my other friends that we work with, and, and you've got another Canadian in the lab, and we'll, we can discuss them a little bit. They'll say, well, we're from up north, and, and to some of our, our folks, that's like DeKalb and Jackson County. That's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not Canada. So uh, thanks for clarifying that, that that accent goes a little bit further than North Alabama. So uh, you, you've you've kind of been all over the place uh, in your studies of of the honeybee and and pollinators overall. Uh, Tell me a little bit about some of the adventures you've been on during your education before you came to Auburn. Well, the, you know, the benefit of working with honeybees is that we can follow that like species all over the planet. So it's actually from like Eastern Europe and uh, Asia and Africa. And because it's such a beneficial, economically important insect, it was spread throughout the world. And because of that, I was really fortunate to be able to work in many of those different places. So I did uh, some work in Switzerland, which is sort of one of the key areas where the Apis mellifera mellifera, the black bee was um, originated from. So I was able to work there. But I've also spent some time in Thailand, for example, working with with uh, honeybees there and the parasites that affect honeybees. So it's it's really great opportunities to travel the world and meet different people, both in like the academic field, like uh, scientists, but also just the beekeepers. Um, maybe they're managing three colonies, maybe they're managing 30,000 colonies. So it's, uh, yeah, really great opportunities to meet all those different people and see what they're doing with their bees. Well, I, I will say that uh, beekeepers are probably one of the most unique group of folks that I've ever had the opportunity to work with. <laughs> and I've worked with a lot of different folks, you know, specialty crops. Uh, I've even did some work with meat and goat uh, or meat, goat and sheep folks back in the day. And it's it, it, being honey uh, definitely keeps me on my toes. And I know it does you. You mentioned, you know, when you were growing up, the first time you were even stung by a bee was when you were in, when you were in grad school. Did you grow up around keeping bees, or where does your passion for for following this insect all over the world and then kind of spending your life working on it where does that come from? 
Well, you know, like most things in life, you just kind of like fall into things. And that's kind of the same with me for this position, you know, like I never imagined I'd be here working with, with bees in Auburn. So, um, you know, I really loved biology. I liked parasites. Uh, I did like insects, but I thought I was going to study or work on ticks of moose or tapeworms and grizzly bears or, you know, these big charismatic uh, species. Um, but just, you know, there were some great opportunities to to sort of fuse the insects that I like to work with and the parasites to to study honeybee health. So um, I guess it was after my undergraduate degree, I got invited to work uh, the summer with um, a contract lab who was studying the effects of pesticides on honeybees as part of like risk assessment. So that was sort of my my first foray into into bees after my undergrad. So yeah, I just kind of sort of fused passions, followed followed opportunities, and here I am. Well, we are certainly glad to have you in over in Auburn. You have become uh, quite the asset to our our producers here in the state. Uh, I, I know you know that, but uh, yeah, a lot of our folks. I'm not look sure to about you. that. <laughs> no, no, that, it's true. It's true. We had you, you have. Uh, change the way a lot of folks do things and, and the way that they look at stuff. So, uh, you know, you're at the bee lab at Auburn, or as you like to call them, all bees, A-U-B-E-S. Um, yeah, but but tell me a little bit about the lab, um, uh, some of the work that y'all do and, and the impact that you are trying, that y'all are trying to make on beekeepers across Alabama and Southeast. So, yeah, at the Bee Lab, we're not just focused on honeybees. Um, we do have uh, uh, probably about a third of our lab looking at native bees and their contribution. So overall, we're we're aiming to promote insect pollinators. We're aiming to understand and document some of the effects that environmental stressors may have. So, for example, one of my students has been managing the National Honeybee Colony Loss Survey for the United States for a few years. But I have another uh, PhD student who's looking at native wildflowers and how we can, like, plant and better understand those native wildflowers and see which native bees in the region are attracted to those native wildflowers. So um, we are like pretty diverse. Uh, Ultimately, we want to improve our own management of the environment and of our bees so that we can promote them. So from a honeybee point of view, that's looking at uh, different like health aspects and like veterinary um, applications. Um, But from like the native bee, it's yeah, again, planting different species and looking at, let's say, conservation tillage and how that can promote the thousands of native bees that live in the ground. So pretty diverse. But at the end of the day, we want to take home some like key outputs that pass on some knowledge and really uh, drive and empower people to make some behavioral changes to what they're doing to improve improve the health of bees, however they're you know being touched by those bees. That's right. Yeah, and when you say touch, they're not being stung. I think that it's a little bit different <laughs> thing there. So, uh, well, Dr. Williams, let's take a quick break, and when we come back after hearing from one of our sponsors, we'll talk a little bit about beekeeping in, in Alabama. Sounds great. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit. And while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Welcome back to Alabama AgCast. I'm Hunter McBrayer here with Jeff Williams, uh, director of the Auburn Bee Lab and assistant professor over in the Department of Entomology and Plant Pathology. Dr. Williams, we've heard a little bit about uh, the Bee Lab and some of the work that you're doing. Let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about beekeeping here in Alabama. Um, 
you said earlier you followed this insect in a, in a sense all over the world, and you've been able to do some work in some pretty unique places. How does Alabama compare in our bee and honey industry when you look at the rest of the world and some of the places you've been? Well, you know, uh, compared to Canada, it's a heck of a lot warmer. So that has uh, quite some challenges and, and differences. For example, the bees uh, or the colony is always producing new bees throughout almost the entire year here. And um, there's quite a few parasites that are closely linked to that, uh, those developing bees. So that in, it, in itself does create some challenges for management, not to mention uh, when it's 100 degrees for like five months of the year, wearing a sweaty bee suit can also be uh, take, it, take its toll on you. But um, yeah, so like the, definitely the weather, uh, seasonality or have really important role to play for beekeeping. That's not really well studied or understood. So that's some of the things that we're also looking at here at the bee lab. Um, also something to do with like the parasites and other environmental stressors. So for example, there's a, a pest called the small high beetle here. It was actually introduced from Africa uh, quite some years ago. But when I was up in Canada, a uh, small high beetle wasn't up there. Um, another example, when I was working over in Thailand, they have a completely different parasitic mite that can't be found or isn't found here in North America in the United States. So um, there, there's really some diverse differences in beekeeping, although we're working with like the same honeybee species. Yeah, I, I always think that it's unique when we're in the southeast. One, you hear, uh, well, beekeeping has changed a lot over the last you know, 10, 15, 20, 50 years, depending on who you're talking to. But then it also, uh, you can almost get a completely different story depending on what part of the United States or, as you said, any other part of the world that you're talking to. It's, it's such yeah, a unique it, industry. Exactly. And one thing that's really unique about Alabama is that we have very restrictive borders on bee movement. And so um, that sort of limited the the size of the industry, especially when it comes to like commercial pollination. So um, if if you're a beekeeper in another state, you may be moving your, your um, colonies all the way up to California right now in, in February and, and pollinating almonds. But it's not really the case here in Alabama. Generally speaking, we're, we're, we're smaller like backyard beekeepers. Yeah, I think I've I've heard from the Aces Bee Symposium and and some of those things. Uh, it's really interesting to see the the type of folks that we have that that are here uh, keeping bees. Yes, you know I have my bee and honey committee, and that's a lot of you know our commercial beekeepers. They have a lot of hives in a lot of ways. They sell a lot of honey and and hive products, but far and wide, it's mostly hobby or backyard beekeepers, right? And, and I don't ever want to call them hobbyists because they, they have a passion that, that I don't understand <laughs> in a lot of ways, but um, but it, it really is different than if you go to some other states. Sure. And I mean, I guess, you know, maybe you could call it a, a hobby because they're all doing it because they, they love it and they're having fun. And, you know, that's, uh, I guess, the essence of a of a hobby. And that's kind of touching on what you said earlier with like a very diverse audience of, of beekeepers. And yeah, you can, it's run the gamut what their like occupations are and where they're coming from. And it's because, uh, you know, they really just enjoy uh, honeybees and, and beekeeping. And that's what drive them to to do that uh, activity so i, I kind of said i've i've heard and and you hear it too that beekeeping has changed there's always going to be a new challenge it's never probably been easy and maybe it's just now among other things we talk a lot we have people that get together we have clubs what are some of the biggest challenges that you think are facing or that you see that's facing uh the beekeepers here in alabama 
Yeah, well, I, I guess there are some key events that have like actually changed beekeeping over the years. This Varroa parasite, this Varroa destructor parasite has been super influential. So, I mean, this uh, this was before my time in, in the 80s. So I can imagine everyone just having fun with their bees and they have 99% surviving every winter without this parasite. But now if we're not really uh, proactive with this parasite and, and managing it properly, we really could lose uh, many colonies and surely we do, you know, each year uh, beginner backyard beekeepers lose 40, 50% of their colonies sometimes if they're not careful. So um, just like other beekeepers in the, in the country, I mean, there's really some key management actions that we really need to like watch out for Varroa, making sure they have enough food, for example, um, and even checking out our queens and watching out for swarms and stuff. Uh, so there's a few key things. And and Alabama always has this sort of new rush of beekeepers every year. So that's kind of like a continual challenge is to keep on educating and reaching out to these these new beekeepers. And there's certainly options like us at Auburn, as well as our partners at Alabama Extension. But there's all kinds of great clubs, local clubs around the uh, the state that really offer some great resources and, and more importantly, like mentorship, for example. So there's a lot of opportunities where if you're a new beekeeper, you can team up with uh, someone else who's been beekeeping for a few years and go check out their hives and see what kind of tips and tricks they're, they're, they're using. So yeah, there, there are some definitely great opportunities. It's just making that connection. That's right. Yeah. I, I see, I have a lot of phone calls from new beekeepers and that's probably by probably my number one suggestion to them is, Hey, Get in touch with your local beekeeper club. Uh, get to know some of them. You can compare notes. If you ask three beekeepers uh, one question, you'll get 12 different answers, I think, is the way <laughs> yeah. that that goes. But exactly. uh, it's a great way to get involved. Well, uh, Dr. Williams, this is the first of what I hope to be many times that we can have you on the podcast. If people are wanting to know a little bit more about the Auburn Bee Lab or any of the work that y'all are doing, how can they find out a little bit more about you? Well, once we get the, our in-person meetings up and running, um, you know, come check us out whenever we're at a local club or at the state meeting or a regional meeting, for example. But we've got social media, Facebook, Instagram. Our handle is at Auburn Bees. So that's uh, the best way to really see what we're doing um, from the extension outreach perspective. But we also post some more scientific things like some of our scientific publications that our students have contributed to. So probably the social media is the best to sort of like keeping track uh, of us uh, you know, on a weekly basis. Well, we will be sure to link those in our show notes that uh, our listeners can listen to. Dr. Williams, uh, I, I'll, I'll hit you with one. You've been one honey of a guest today, and so uh, <laughs> we, we appreciate uh, you taking the time. Uh, again, this is Hunter McBrayer, Director of the Bee and Honey Division with Alabama Farmers Federation. We've had Dr. Jeff Williams, uh, Assistant Professor in the Department of Entomology and Plant Pathology, and of course, over at All Bees. Dr. Williams, thanks again. Take care. Thanks for having me. And now, your weekly Ag Cash wrap up. Thank you for joining us for today's wrap up. This is Carla Hornady, Director of Soybeans for the Alabama Farmers Federation. Today, I would like to inform you about a new site funded with checkoff dollars through the United Soybean Board and North Central Soybean Research Program called Soybean Research Information Network. This site equips farmers with information to work more efficiently. Two weeks ago, they launched the new state facts on their website. Those facts tie into state and regional group research projects funded by the Soybean Checkoff. Their social media sites have weekly posts that highlight articles and lead back to their website. 
Research highlights are a general overview of projects mined from research projects on their database. The Soybean Research Information Network site is designed for farmers to read about the benefits of research that they spend checkoff dollars on in their states. On this site, you will find articles and summaries of research projects, see up-close information about soybean diseases and pests, find the latest publications and resources, as well as see what's new in soybean research. Links to the website, as well as social media sites, can be found in today's show notes. Thanks again for joining us. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama Ag Credit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.